evening and welcome to another episode of Don't Fuck With The Original. I am your host, Casper. And I am your other hostess, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things <coughs> spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcast. Sorry, was, was that my open? closet. Yeah, it okay. was. Sorry. <laughs> well, because I have a closet door behind me, folks. And she thought that it just, like, mysteriously opened. If I don't shut the door, it's like those sliding glass doors or glass. It's not glass. It's those sliding doors where, like, if you slide it too hard and it doesn't close all the way, it'll, like, open back up a little bit. I don't know uh, why we're opening with that, but I just didn't want Casper to think the door I was opened like, by itself. And that's how we're starting off a spoopy podcast is doors just opening by themselves in my house. I mean, I know you have spirits here. so Definitely I mean, I know, And I know house. who they are, so right. I'm not worried. But I'm also kind of just like, is someone wanting to join <laughs> no, I uh, I hear a lot of footsteps around my house. That's what I hear. I, I mean, and I know people say like, oh, your house creaks. And, and I'm like, and I know, I mean, we've lived in this house eight years. So well, you know what eight, sounds like creaks so and what you sounds know, like footsteps. Oh, for sure. Once you've lived in a place five plus years, you'll pretty well know what it sounds like when the house is settling. Uh when if it's the fridge if it's the you know the heat coming on or whatever like you'll know those sounds when you're hearing footsteps you know what the fuck that sounds like so hey how y'all doing <laughs> so guys we are going to get talk about the spoopy things with the West Virginia Penitentiary this evening. We're getting into our uh, spoopy locations. Episode. And we're going we're, here. We are. But before we get into that, of course, we have to have a word with Becky, our sponsor. Calm your body down. All right, guys. Um, thank you so much for Casper posting the Treat Yourself Tuesdays. Um, I appreciate the new followers. Hopefully that's where you found me. Um, sales have been a little slow, but that's fine. I know we're, we're, we're catching up. We're getting into summer. Things are, you know, calming down from COVID jobs are getting a little bit easier. Money's flowing a little bit better. So I know once things die down, sales start to pick up, no biggie. Um, but there are going to be some new scents coming. I know I mentioned that last week, but, um, they are specifically going to be summer, kind of summer theme scents. So I'm holding off until May. So right when we're in the thicket of summer. Um, that was my chair. <laughs> and um, Why once... are you so jumpy? I have no idea. What's happening? I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but yeah, so um, the one main one that we've got right now is the orange basil. We've still got the lavender chamomile. Um the rosebud bath bombs, the oatmeal honey, uh, tattoo creams, the body creams, everything's still available all on Etsy, all at Calm Your Body Down. Um, and thanks again, like I said, to the new followers. I appreciate it. <clears throat> Calm your body down. <laughs> You're doing water. I am Are sorry. you going to survive or do you need... <clears throat> Are you gonna be okay? We've we've talked a lot today, so my voice is like more talking. I know. I feel terrible. We were so, talking so much before we started. Oh my god! But we we had a great conversation. We haven't had a conversation like that in a while. We do that sometimes, guys. We have a conversation. Sometimes we get deep. Gets a little deep. Gets a little deep. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so sorry. When you open up Reels or TikTok and it's ungodly loud for absolutely no fucking reason. She did that when I had to go pee and I heard a very loud ass zombie from Call of Duty and I was like, I hear zombies from Call of Duty. And that's not what it was even about. <laughs> somebody, just, somebody just stitched that sound. How oh, no. Now look at this. Okay, so we are going to be talking about the West Virginia Penitentiary. We're going here in August, which is really funny because we booked it blind. Totally blind. And now we're like, fuck! (laughs) Moundsville Penitentiary, it's also known as, because it is located in Moundsville, West Virginia. Um, This place was in operation from 1876 until 1995. It always amazes me when I hear about these old prisons and old asylums that were notorious for abuse and violence for so many years, but they stayed open for so So many years. Like it it just, that boggles my mind. It puts me, it puts me in the same memory of the Ohio State Reformatory. I was like, this was open for way too long. Way too many people had way too many tragic instances in this place for way too long. It should not have been open for this long. Um, currently the site is, <laughs> as we stated, a tourist attraction. Um, I also happened to come up on some YouTube videos because it's mentioned here in the Wikipedia that we're using that it's actually, police still use it as a training facility. And when well, I'm sorry, not police, but, um, prison guards or, uh, they don't, they don't really call them prison guards anymore. Um, security um, officers. Thank you. Thank like, you. Prison officers. Yeah, they call them officers security. now. They don't even call them guards anymore. They call them officers now. Correctional officers. Correctional officers. That's that's the word I'm looking for. So they use it um, basically like if they have like mock mock prison riots or mock lockdowns in prisons <clears throat> or county jails, they use this prison as a training facility for corrections officers. Um Happened upon a couple of YouTube videos about it completely by accident. And it was actually when I was searching for YouTube videos just regarding um, the uh, history and the many, many, many number of hauntings that have been reported in this place. There were even hauntings reported back when it was an active prison because there has been so much violence in this place. I mean, almost from the time of conception. It's just, yeah, not a good place. So we literally didn't know. So we are... We've been um, watching stuff about it and reading stuff about it over the past week and we're both just kind of (laughs) like... Well, we... Okay, so we couldn't... We tried to book kind of a little bit of a backstory, guys. We tried to book Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Yes. Really wanted to go. You guys know we're going to be doing a podcast episode coming up next month about it. We're so excited to talk about it. So excited to go. Um... Didn't work out last year, which was fine because we got to go to um, Waverly, which was amazing. Um, but Trans it like booked up so quick this year. So we we just like we couldn't get it, couldn't nab it. And um, also it only went to June. Yeah. So I don't know if there's <sighs> something like, I thought it was something with the state, but then I was like, wait, they're both in West Virginia. So obviously not. And maybe it's just something... I don't know. Maybe it's just something specific with that particular area or that particular building, why they're only scheduling out till June. But we were able to uh, book Moundsville or West Virginia Penitentiary, no problems. So, um, but again, 
went in blindly. We just thought, oh, okay, another haunted place in West Virginia. Cool. We'll pick one. Not knowing. And I've now done a lot of research about this place. And oh my God, there is definitely a lot of evil energy. Um, possibly some demonic activity. Not too happy to hear about that. Um, so But we both have made the decision, and I told her this, and this is this is no matter where we go and no matter what we do, if we walk in and we're both like, Nope, we will leave. Yeah. That I will not put my spirituality at risk when we both have dealt with demons. We both know what it's like to deal with demons. I will not put up with that. They terrify the fucking shit out of me. And I will not, I will not do that. Yeah. They're all, I mean, <laughs> I, um. There are parts my, of it we will not be going into either. We've already discussed that too. One of my personal demonic encounters has been with, um, Doppelganger. And that is, that is one part of the reported hauntings <clears throat> at this penitentiary is doppelgangers people have been known to see their their doppelganger that is that's a little scary that scares me a little bit um yeah. so again but i also we, have we also any... have to go, <clears throat> we have to go in and assert because we know right that we are going to be okay right but if we walk in and we're like it's a little too negative here, then we're gonna fucking leave. Yeah. So like deuces. I'm out. Okay, bye. Exactly. Okay, bye. Okay, thanks. Bye. Yep. No tea. So the design of this is similar to the facility at the eighteen fifty eight state prison in Juliet, Illinois, which which with its castellated gothic stone structure complete with turrets and battlements except it's scaled down to half the size yeah i watched a um video on youtube today where they said it looks like a castle and it actually it does, does. If you look like the, if you look at the pictures on our social media <clears throat> or if you just google it um the front of it looks like a castle it's so pretty yeah it's actually it's, it's <clears throat> haunting um mm -hmm. but that gothic style has always looked like that it's a very haunting it's it's hauntingly beautiful in a way. So the original architectural designs have been lost. The dimensions of the parallelogram shaped prison are 82 and a In a, a parallelogram. I'm so sorry. In a poot, Demi Lovato. In so a poot, Lovato. And <laughs> <laughs> Mercury's. I'm sorry. In a parallelogram. So the dimensions of the parallelogram shaped prison yard are 82 and a half feet in length by 352 and a half feet in width. The stone walls are five feet thick, tapering to two and a half feet at the top, with the foundations being five foot deep. And the center tower section is 682 feet long. Y'all, that's fucking... <clears throat> We're going to drive up on this and be like... And it's it's literally <clears throat> right in the middle of town. Yeah. So very similar to um, Eastern State. It's just they built the town around this prison essentially um yeah I it, mean, it's, the... it lies at the western side of the complex along jefferson avenue like it's it's just right there yeah and it's a very long <coughs> i mean the yeah it's a really long wall yeah so not too not too long after this the city so the city itself wasn't incorporated until 
1865 from what I'm seeing, which Moundsville, West Virginia. And then um, <clears throat> the prison was built two years after that. So yeah, the prison just, it, it kind of became what the town was known for um, on top of the, well, with this great, so there's a Grave Creek mound right behind the prison, which sort of feeds into the lore of the prison being haunted, which as we know, anything that you build over an Indian <clears throat> burial ground is not a good idea. Um, Mr. Krabs, <laughs> Dr. Grant. So there's, there's, there's quite literally the, one of the biggest burial mounds in the United States, um, right behind this prison. I mean, if you look at aerial views, it's insane. It's like this whole town right, right next to the Ohio river and right smack dab in the middle of the town is this ginormous burial mound behind a prison yeah. behind an old castle looking <clears throat> prison. It's, it's pretty insane. Um, so I think it's pretty safe to say that the majority of, I, I'd say that a lot, a lot of the energy in that area happened from it being built on Indian land. Um, we've heard that with the Bobby Mackey story. You hear that with a lot of stories. Spirits are already <clears throat> angry and then there's a prison built there. Um, and the prison cells, it became very overcrowded pretty quickly. So as tiny as the cells are, at times there would be three person to one cell. And they were five by seven. Yeah. That's insane to me. Whew. What well, says the South Hall's cells were seven by five or seven by four, but still, I mean, that's still, that's still to have three people <clears throat> in a closet, literally in a closet, in a closet. I mean, yeah, you you wonder why there was violence. So in 1863, West Virginia seceded from Virginia at the height of the American Civil War. Consequently, the new state had a shortage of various public institutions, including prisons. From 1863 to 1866, Governor Arthur I. Borman lobbied the West Virginia legislature for a state penitentiary, but was replete, repeatedly denied. The legislature at first directed him to send the prisoners to other institutions out of state, and then they directed him to use existing county jails, which turned out to be inadequate. After the nine inmates escaped 1865, the local press took up the cause and the legislature took action. On February 7th, 1866, the state legislature approved the purchase of land in Moundsville for the purpose of constructing a state prison. Ten acres were purchased just outside the thin city limits of Moundsville for $3,000 which is a f lot at that time. Yeah. Moundsville proved an attractive site as it is approximately 12 miles south of Wheeling, West Virginia, at that time was the state capital. The state built a temporary wooden prison nearby that summer. This prison gave this this gave prison officials time to assess what prison design should be used. They chosen a modified version <clears throat> of the design of Northern Illinois Penitentiary at Joliet. Its Gothic Revival architecture exhibited as much as possible great strength and conveyed to the mind a cheerless blank in I'm indicative I know you. that word of the misery which awaits the unhappy being who enters within its walls so it gives off this appearance <clears throat> of like this castle like structure but behind all of that is misery awaits because it is a prison 
The first building constructed on the site was the North Wagon Gate. It was made with hand-cut sandstone, which was quarried from the local site. The state used prison labor during the construction process, and work continued on this first phase until 1876. When completed, the total cost was $363,061. <clears throat> in addition to the North Wagon Gate, there was now a North and South cell block areas. South Hall had 224 cells. North Hall had a kitchen, dining area, hospital, and chapel. A four-story tower connecting the two was the administration building. It included space for female inmates and personal living quarters for the warden and his family. The facility opened officially opened in this year and had a prison population of 251 male inmates including some who had helped construct the prison where they were incarcerated. That's crazy. I helped build it, but here I am. Where I live. After this phase, work began on prison workshops and other secondary facilities. In addition to the construction, the inmates had other jobs to do in support of the prison. In the early 1900s, some industries within the prison walls included a carpentry shop, paint shop, wagon shop, stone yard, brick yard, blacksmith, tailor, bakery, and a hospital. At the same time, a re- revenue from the prison farm and inmate labor helped the prison financially. It was virtually self-sufficient. A prison coal mine located a mile away opened in 1921. This mine helped fill some of the prison's energy that need prison's energy needs and save the state an estimated fourteen thousand dollars a year. <clears throat> some inmates were allowed to stay at the mine's camp under the supervision of a mine foreman who was not a prison employee. Conditions at the prison during the turn of the 20th century were good, according to a warden's report, which stated that both the quantity and quality of all the purchases of material and clothing have been very gradually but steadily improved, while the discipline has become more nearly perfect and the exaction of labor less stringent. Education was a priority for the inmates during this time. They regularly attended class. Construction of a school and library was completed in 1900 to help reform and educate inmates. I always love how in the <clears throat> it's just usually right after the turn of the century, right when things start to go like start to go to shit in these prisons. It's always you know it's like Ohio Reformatory had very much of the same practice where at first when they're built they have all of these you know essentially it's what you would think because. Still to this day, and and I sort of have qualms with what we know about the prison system of these uh, of the name rehabilitation being used because I'm like, are they really being really rehabilitated? Um, no, like is Mister really? Um, some maybe most probably not, and um, you know it was just so different when you hear back then how a lot of these prisons were almost self-sustaining and it was actually giving prisoners a chance to learn an actual trade that if they were low-level offenders and did have the option to someday be paroled out they would know a trade so that they would actually be able to be a fit member of society and and get a job and 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 pay their own bills have a home family, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, that is, uh, that is unheard of now. <laughs> you know, there's no self-sustainment. There's no rehabilitation. There's no, you know, you, you almost have to fight to gain some type of class to learn a trade, depending on what your sentence is and what it's for. And it's just so different. And it seems like right around the turn, right after the turn of the century is when a lot of that changed, when it became less about prison reform and more about punishment. 
no mm-hmm. matter what not not saying that this could turn into a whole thing because you're going to have those people on one side that like well there are people that deserve to be in there and then you're going to have people on this side well there's people and 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 I get it and I get it and I don't even want to have that conversation right now because that's not what this is about but I'm just I'm just saying that in terms of what what prisons were originally meant to be versus a lot of what they are now in the scope of what they should be when you think of reform or rehabilitation. It's like the last place you think. Right. <clears throat> you know, I'm not I'm not talking about murderers. I'm not no. talking about people on death row. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about like a low low level drug offenses or low level theft offenses where these aren't bad people, but may have chosen a not great road in life for whatever circumstances. And they have families and you would like for them to have a chance to have a life because that's the whole, you know, you don't want them to be in there forever for something, you know, really at the end of the day is minor. You want them to have a chance to be able to learn something so that once they do get out, they won't be stealing or doing drugs or whatever, you know, but it's like, that's unheard of now. You don't have like carpentry programs and and libraries and paint shops and things that they can learn to do that could you know that's all I'm saying I didn't mean to step on my soapbox but I just feel like that that kind of brought about a lot of what you know we're going to get into a lot of the violence you started to see and things you start to see happen because these people are no you're not you're not a person anymore you're not treated like a person no matter what you're treated like everybody you're treated you could come in there on a low level theft and be treated just as badly as a murderer or a rapist or everything else. You're, you're to the system. You're no better than they are. And that's not how it was supposed to originally be. And and it's not how it should be. No. <clears throat> so anyway, sorry. I just wanted to preface that. Cause I feel like that, I feel like that plays into a lot of what you see now. Well, of course it does. In the prison system. Yeah, uh, for sure. So as to say what Becky was saying, the conditions at the prison worsened through the years and the facility would be ranked on the United States Department of Justice top 10 most violent correctional facilities list. One of the more infamous locations in the prison with instances of gambling, fighting, and raping was a recreation room known as the Sugar Shack, which we will not be going to. No, absolutely not. A notable inmate in the early 20th century. And I mean a lot of prison rape. Like, a lot. Like, uh, Like, I mean, I know people joke about that stuff. Like, don't drop the soap, yada, yada, yada. But that shit is not motherfucking funny. Mm. i.e. watch American History X if you never have y'all may not consider that a horror movie I motherfucking considered it a horror movie okay that shit is not fucking funny it's not fucking funny at all and let me tell you I watched one I think it might have been one of the ones on Discovery like former prisoners they talked to and they said oh rape rampant like all the time and specifically in this, and I mean like out in the open. And guards were outnumbered 10 to 1, 15 to 1, 20 to 1 at times. 
You think they're going to turn a corner and see a guy getting raped and they're going to stop it when you got two other dudes keeping lookout and, and they could beat the fuck out of this little guard up? Like, they're not doing anything. No. It just... Oh my God. Like I heard, that was disturbing enough in itself. So we'll not be visiting the Sugar Shack when we go to West Virginia Penitentiary. And I'm fine with that. Totally fine with that. Don't, don't, don't appreciate that name either at all. Don't like it. (laughs) A notable inmate in the early 20th century was labor activist Eugene Debs who served here from April 13th to June 14th of 1919. I apologize. I don't know who the fuck in my neighborhood is cutting their lawn at 8 o'clock at night. Listen, you want to hear some bullshit? <laughs> they did our motherfucking lawn at 7.30 in the morning on Saturday. I've got a neighbor like that. He'll it out, is 7.30. He'll be out there with his, with his uh, leaf blower. No leaves. Anyway, I have some interesting neighbors. Um, so, <laughs> um, labor activist Eugene Debs, who Sorry. served here April 13th to June 14th on charges of violating the Espionage Act of 1917. In 1929, the state decided to double size of the penitentiary because overcrowding was a problem. The five by seven foot cells were too small to hold three prisoners at a time. No shit. But until the expansion, there was no other option. Y'all did that. I mean, what? Guys. For context, this prison, 1870s, and they decide to finally widen the cells in 1929? Okay. Like, come on. Carry on. (laughs) Two prisoners would sleep in the bunks with the third sleeping on a mattress on the floor. The state used prison labor again and completed the phase of construction in 1959. The construction had been delayed by a steel shortage during World War II. I used to hear talks about... um, literally like the roaches the rats that would crawl all over them at night um if the sewer or the toilet would back up oh well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyway so in total 36 homicides took place in the prison one yep. of the more notable ones is the butchering of rd wall inmate number 44670 on october 8 after quote-unquote snitching on his fellow inmates he was attacked while heading to the boiler room by three prisoners with dull shivs let me tell y'all what actually happened to this guy they took him to the i think like the third level of the prison and kicked him out a window he survived that fall they took him to the this was actually reported on one of the youtube channels that i watched where the paranormal group actually went and did one of the tours. This is a tour guide telling the story. They took Artie Well, Artie Wall, I'm sorry, then to the fourth floor um, and threw him out the window. And so that was the top level, like roof level of the prison. He still lived, but barely. And then that's when they dragged him to the boiler room and stabbed him repeatedly basically stabbed him so many times in the neck that they um, decapitated him. They took his head, they shoved it on a spike or, or a pole or whatever they beat him with, and they paraded his head around outside the window so that people in the backyard could see his head on the spike so that they could let everybody know this is what we do to snitches. 
That's what they did to him. So they didn't just attack him and stab him with shivs. They threw him twice out the window. Then they beat him. Then they stabbed him. Then they cut his head off. Then they stuck it on a spike and paraded it around. So. Good night. Sweet dreams. Uh, in 1983, convicted multiple murderer Charles Manson requested to be transferred to this prison to be near his family. Of course, his request was denied. Because good old Charlie is from right in our hometown of Cincinnati, Ohio, in case you guys didn't know that. Um, he also has a lot of family, had a lot of family in Kentucky because that's where his mother was originally born. So, yes, he would have just been a hop skipping away from family. But they said, hell to the no, no. Hell no to the no. So on Wednesday, November 7th of 1979, 15 prisoners escaped from the prison. One of the escapees was almost said Robin Tooney. No. <laughs> She's sorry. We love I Robin Tooney. I love Robin Tooney. This man's name was Ronald Turney Williams. <laughs> Ronald that's okay. Turney. And I saw Robin Tooney. I can see how you would have done that. Serving time for, not Ronald, no, hold on. Ronald Tooney, Turney Williams. <laughs> Thank you. Ronald Turney Williams. Yes. Thank serving you. time for murdering Sergeant David Lilly of Beckley Police Department on May 12, 1975. He managed to steal the prison guard's service weapon in the escape and upon reaching the streets of Moundsville encountered 23-year-old off-duty West Virginia State Trooper Philip Kessner who was driving past the prison with his wife. Kessner saw the escapees, attempted to take action against them. The prisoners pulled from his car, pulled him from his car, and Williams shot him. Kessner returned fire at the fleeing suspects despite being mortally wounded. Williams remained at large for 18 months, sending taunting notes to authorities and making the FBI's 10 most wanted list. During that time, he murdered John Buncheck in Scottsdale, Arizona during a robbery and was connected to crimes in Colorado and Pennsylvania. After a shootout with federal agents at the George Washington Hotel in New York City in 1981, he was finally apprehended and returned to West Virginia to complete several life sentences. Arizona had sought his extradition? Extradition, yeah. For his execution, but as of April 14th, 2021, he remains in West Virginia custody. That's literally yet today. At the time... Marshall County Sheriff Robert Leitner was very critical about poor police communications during the break. The sheriff's office and local police did not learn about the escape from the state police. They first heard it over the police scanner. It was a good 20 minutes before we knew about the escape. If someone had notified us, there's a good chance that the sheriff's department and the Moundsville police could have been on the scene while all the prisoners were still on the block. He was also critical of the four-state manhunt that followed and convicted murderers David Morgan and Ronald T. Williams, along with the convicted rapist Harold Harold Gowers Jr. remained at large. Communications had been very poor. I think they should keep the local law enforcement officers more informed. I have no idea what they're doing, what they found. On January 1st of 1986 was the date of the most infamous riot in the history of the penitentiary. The West Virginia penitentiary was undergoing many changes and problems. Security had become extremely loose in all areas. Since it was a cons prison, most of the locks on the cells had been picked and inmates roamed the halls freely. Bad plumbing and insects caused rapid spreading of various diseases. This prison was holding more than 2,000 men and crowding was an issue. Another major contribution to the riots caused was the fact that it was a holiday. Many of the officers caught off work. Prisoners planned to conduct their uprising on that specific day. 
Around 5.30 p.m., 20 inmates, known as a group called the Avengers, stormed the mess hall where Captain Glassock and others were on duty. Within seconds, Captain Glassock, five other officers, and a food service worker were tackled and slammed to the floor. Inmates put knives to their throats and handcuffed them in their own handcuffs. Although several hostages were taken throughout the day, none of them were seriously injured. However, over the course of the two-day upheaval, three inmates were killed for an assortment of reasons. The inmates who initiated the riot were not prepared to take charge of it. Danny Le Lemon and Avengers, the Avengers president was quickly agreed upon as best suited for the task of negotiating with authorities and presenting the demands to the media. Yet, he was not a part of the 20 men who began the riot. Governor Arch A. Moore Jr. went to the penitentiary to talk with the inmates. This meeting set up a new list of rules, standards on which the prison would build. National and local news covered the story, as well as inmates meeting with Governor Moore. Toward the end of its life as a prison, the facility was marked by many instances of riots and escapes. In the 1960s, the prison reached a peak population of about 2,000 inmates, with the building of more prisons that number declined to 6 to 700 by 1995. The fate of the prison was sealed in an 86 ruling by West Virginia Supreme Court, which stated that confinement to the 5 by 7 foot cells constituted cruel and unusual punishment. Within nine years, West Virginia Penitentiary was closed. Most inmates were transferred to Mount Olive Correctional Complex. A smaller, in Fayette County, West Virginia, a smaller correctional facility was built a mile away in Moundsville to serve as a regional jail. Now, as far as executions were concerned, from 1899 to 1959, 94 men were executed. Hanging was the method until 1949. 85 men had that fate. The public would attend the hangings, which, the pub which were public until June of 1931. On that date, Frank Heyer was executed for murdering his wife. When the trap door beneath him was opened and his full weight settled into the noose, he was instantly decapitated. Yikes. Following this event, attendance at hangings was by invitation only. They were like, um, we don't want the entire public. This is just for VIP. <laughs> Excuse me, do you have the hanging VIP? I just, I mean, that's like the first thing that went through my head. I was like, invitation? The fuck? Could you imagine getting in those, an invitation? I don't want to be on that invite list. At Excuse all. me, is your name on the list? Bitch, I don't fucking want on the list. Wow. Uh, the last man executed by hanging, Bud Peterson from Logan County, was buried in the prison cemetery because his family refused to claim his body. Beginning in 1951, electrocution became the means of execution. The electric chair, nicknamed Old Sparky, used by the prison, was originally built by an inmate there, Paul Glenn. Nine men were electrocuted before the state prohibited capital punishment entirely in 1965. The original chair is on display... In the, in the faculty, what? In the facility is and is included in the official tour. I cannot imagine what is attached to that fucking chair. I didn't feel good about going anywhere near the one at the reformatory. So that just, yeah. Um, I'll get into a little bit about the training facility since I spoke about that earlier with the video that I had watched. Um, after the prison had closed, besides the tours, the Moundsville Economic Development Complex had obtained a 25-year lease on the complex. The facility is used for training law enforcement and corrections practitioners with regular mock riot drills. 
to assist teams in planning and executing the scenarios, the West Virginia High Techno uh, Technological Consortium Foundation commissioned the 3D model of the West Virginia Penitentiary. Um, it made the software available to the public prior to conducting a 2009 mock prison riot. Some previous training programs for law enforcement officials took place there, such as the National Corrections and Law Enforcement Training and Technology Center, which has now been discontinued. Um, so like we mentioned before, because we are doing a tour there, um, Elizabethtown Festival is held every May to celebrate and remember historic Moundsville. They do a haunted attraction around Halloween season called the Dungeon of Horrors. Um, paranormal groups and enthusiastic travel guides consider Moundsville Prison to be one of the most haunted prisons in the U.S. with ghost stories that originated as early as the 1930s. So this was back even when it was still an active prison, like I mentioned before. Legends also include, which I didn't mention this, that the prison occupies the site of a Native American burial ground and alleged hauntings by spirits as well as dead inmates. Um, I'm telling you right now, when I found out that that was buried on Indian ground, yeah, I was like, Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! 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 It's a grave. So no one told me life was gonna be this way. <laughs> that was perfection. I found this article real quick. Um, that just kind of goes into a bit about the hauntings and the legends around the um, Native American burial ground. Legend tell this is from um, a site called hauntedplacestogo.com. It said that legend tells us that Moundsville Prison was constructed when Moundsville Prison was constructed. The land was built upon once belonged to a group of Native Americans. Um, they had constructed a unique burial ground to honor their dead on the land. I did mention the mound right behind it. Uh, when ground broke, the construction crew actually built the facility on top of a sacral, sacred burial uh, mounds. It is believed that the negative energy emerged from the deceased Native Americans, that it infiltrated the prison, resulting in many paranormal and unusual events that occur there even to this day. The ground has been blessed, but an ancient curse was left um, to those that disrupt, disrupted this area, um, which I totally believe in. Um, Thousands of individuals have been housed at this haunted prison during their lifetime. According to uh, ghost adventurers who happened to have visited there, I think like early, early, early on in the, show, in the show's inception, it is estimated that nearly 1,000 of these individuals passed away while being incar incarcerated at the facility. Individuals who worked at the structure, uh, those that researched it, they who have simply visited the prison, um, believe most, if not all, of the deceased spirits still linger um, in the immensely ominous structure. Um, some of the particular spirit hauntings there refer to a shadow man. This is because he mostly, he most often lurks in the midst of shadows that cast their shade upon the halls and cells in the structure. In addition to this, it is said that there are no visible features to witnesses of this ghostly apparition. It's composedly most of a dark, ominous shadow. Uh, many believe that it may be a guard that's there that's still checking on cells. Um, you know when they talked about him, you know what it made me think of? The one at Waverly. Yeah. That you ended up seeing. I, I actually saw a full shadow. I didn't even really see like an apparition. I saw like a full shadow overtake the entire hallway that it blocked light out. Um, but you scared the shit out of me too. And then I saw 
an actual apparition walk when we were at the reformatory that was in broad daylight and i didn't even realize it till later which was yeah because funny. later you asked me you were like did you see that person that was what and i'm like huh i'm like what are you talking about no I'm like no i didn't and you're like like when i got my hair pulled and i was way far down and i thought you were i thought it was you and i turned around and was like you are all the way down there that was not you cool <laughs> <laughs> okay that was in you um so the guys that escaped i thought that was really crazy that that one that was actually like today when they decided that they weren't going to uh they weren't going to um extradite him back to arizona because he would have been executed yeah they yeah he still remains in west virginia um and who knows if that had something to do possibly with uh, COVID or whatnot. Um, so the Grave Creek Mound, um, it was the, Adina, the Adena people. That was the Native American tribe that um, was central to that area. And that area is considered their sacred burial site. So um, even though apparently later on, uh some tribes people from the adena tribe had come and blessed the area it's still very much believed that there's a curse place there um which i believe i think anytime that comes into play there's going to be a curse and then you have this prison um it was at one time also known for a notorious prison warden early on that would beat uh prisoners to death it said that even beneath the wall uh, beneath the walls of the actual prison not just in the prison cemetery that there are actually inmates buried there to cover it up because this warden was so awful so i mean like literally from the inception this this prison was just terrible you have a corrupt prison warden you have um rapes uh murders from other prisoners you have all these prison riots you have diseases you have just everything everything it's just all the bad fucking juju um some of the as far as um like in the media and certain uh paranormal groups on tv that have actually investigated moundsville um and names are interchangeable uh sometimes if i know sometimes i found uh inform i had to look up like moundsville penitentiary and i found information i looked up west virginia penitentiary and i found some information so i think the name's kind of interchangeable interchangeable um, i didn't know this was it the castle rock thing no I the I told video you that. game thing oh i didn't know that either. in fallout 76 it's known as know the that. eastern regional penitentiary bitch i am shook right now i did not know that i didn't know that um so most terrifying places in america titled cursed towns did an episode on the travel channel back in 2018 mysteries of the abandoned did an episode for science channel in 2019 um season one episode nine of the netflix series mindhunter used external shots of the penitentiary um yeah i don't remember that but also that was a long time ago <laughs> i'd have to watch the show again i, I um, would too some movies and films um the night of the hunter in 1955 uh that starred robert mitchum and shelly winters fool's parade that starred james stewart and kurt russell that was filmed in 1971 um 
prison scenes for the film uh, Out of the Furnace, which was filmed in 2013. That was actually a Ridley Scott film. Um, parts of that was filmed at the penitentiary, the MTV Paranormal sh uh, series Fear. Um, their first season, first episode was filmed there. Um, one thing that most people will probably recognize it from is the Stephen King series Castle Rock that is featured on Hulu. So the Shawshank Redemption, the movie that was adapted from the Stephen King short story, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, um, you, the movie used the Ohio State Reforming and Reformatory in Mansfield that Casper and I have both been to, but for external shots for Shawshank Prison in Castle Rock, they used uh, the West Virginia Penitentiary. They needed to make a town visible in the background. And as we stated, this penitentiary is built right smack in the middle of Moundsville, West Virginia, whereas the Ohio Reformatory is kind of in the middle of nowhere. So um, more so for the setting is why they decided to use the West Virginia Penitentiary, even though both of them are pretty different in the way they look. But from the outside, they do still have very much of this gothic style with the turrets and whatnot, kind of that sort of a castle feel. So, um, yeah, uh, tours there, um, TV appearances and whatnot, but, um, to this day, it is still purported to be one of the most haunted places, haunted abandoned prisons in America. Um, yeah, totally jumping into this blind, guys. Did not know what we were getting ourselves into, but... We will be protected. And again, like we said, if we have any instances whatsoever where we feel like we're in danger, we are out. So we are going to bathe in sage before, during, and after. Mm -hmm. <laughs> might try to procure some holy water. Uh, that would I be think fine. That would, I think that would be needed. I might bring my Bible. I think we're, I think I'm going to do. Um, I might just bring Jesus. I think, I'm gonna I think do we're that. just going to bring. Think, well, he's with, he walk, my Jesus walks with me. So yes. I'm good with that um well, yeah, I, guys, I mean same, i mean with but... both of us he lost <laughs> both of us there's three sets of footprints there you go um for some reason i thought i heard three footprints and i was like are we all hobbling on one foot i'm so confused i <laughs> jesus is like excuse me why are we only on one foot why are we flamingos <laughs> i don't know Oh my god. We hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, I am genuinely... I mean, not... I, I hope am, you didn't enjoy it, actually. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I really am excited about going. I always look forward to where we go. I, I always too. look forward to I what too. we do. Honestly, I really do. I personally feel like deep down we are going to be fine if we stay away from those places. Yeah. That's how I feel. I definitely don't I don't want to get around Red Cell because absolutely fucking not. That no. guy got scratched to pieces there. Um, and the Sugar Shack. I'm good. The North Ward. It's the North The North Ward and the Sugar Shack are two of the big ones. Yeah. And that's where... Um, what was his real name? That was somebody that we did you talking not about Red? mention. Yeah. He was a very notorious prisoner there. Red Snyder. Um, he was a member of the KKK. He was a white supremacist. Which is also why I don't want to um, be in there. Yeah, don't want to go anywhere near that guy at all. Um, I think, so he was actually, um, he was released 
from the prison, but then died later, and they still believe that his spirit. Uh, oh wait, no, he got released and then went back. Yeah, he he did. They touched on him a little bit in that. Yeah, one they episode. did talk about him a little bit. Okay, so I got released in '67, but it said he was back there by '71. Um. Yeah, I was just doing a quick search. Uh, but yeah, he was also one of the most notorious prisoners there. Um, and a lot, there have been people, okay, so he actually died in 92. Um, so at some point got released in 67, came back, was there in 71, was a part of a stabbing. Um, uh, yeah, there was a beating that happened. Um, he choked on his own blood, November 16th, 1992. Oh, poor him. Um, yeah, sorry if I have no sympathy whatsoever. Not sorry. Um, so yeah, he is one of the other notorious inmates that was there mostly because, um, of the fact that he was a racist piece of shit. Um, I'm very surprised he's not mentioned on the Wikipedia page. And that, uh, his name is actually, he like engraved his name on the wall of his cell. Um, so I'm sure that's probably going to be part of the tour, but I don't want anything to do with it. And I'm not going anywhere near there. So, yeah. 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 No. Um, but just wanted to mention him real quick in case someone was like, oh, you didn't mention such and such. Because he, he is, he was mentioned. Um, so there's a few on Discovery Plus. Ghost Asylum. Uh, scariest Places, scariest on, places in on United, or in, the, in America? In America, and then there was another paranormal show too um, that went there, and they touched. Wasn't on it Mysteries him. of the Abandoned? Is that what it's called? But that wasn't the paranormal show. Ghost Asylum went, and then there was another paranormal show that went too. It was I a guy, remember. and it was another one. But anyway, um, they touch on him a little bit. So I just, you know, in case somebody was like, "Oh, you didn't touch on such and such," I just wanted to mention that he was another. So there was the one prisoner there that was that was beaten and stabbed and head cut off and all that stuff. But then there was also Red, who was another notorious prisoner there, but for totally different reasons. Um, and he is also one of the really violent spirits that people say that they come in contact with. Like well, one of the guys that was attacked in his cell got, I'm telling you, scratches yeah. all over his back. Yeah. All over his back. So no thanks. I'm yeah, good. No. Don't need none of that. No. All right, guys. So, guys, I guess that concludes our episode on Western State being a piano penis answery. Yep. Western State penis. That, no. West Virginia. Virginia. Or Moundsville. West Virginia or Moundsville Penitentiary. Mounds. Mounds. Titties. So, next week, <laughs> on that note, um, is one of our interviews yes mr eric christopher myers director writer of butterfly kisses he was an absolute fucking gem i cannot wait for you guys to hear this episode he was amazing we can't wait to have him back um we talked a little bit about the movie but not a lot about the movie um we talked about blair it, witch for about 75 percent <laughs> You know, I mean, it kind of goes without saying. Um, it's 
it's a great movie. You guys it need really to watch is. it. If you haven't watched it, watch it. If you've watched it, watch it again. Um, yeah, it's amazing. And um, it was really a pleasure to interview him. And it was a lot of fun. And we have had some really fun interviews, the few that we've done. And this was another one in the books. And I'm happy about it. And we can't, can't not wait for you guys to listen to it. So Absolutely. So make sure you listen to that next week. And go watch Butterfly Kisses on Amazon Prime and or to me oh i also wanted to say too real quick um we will be doing of course a follow-up episode after we visit west virginia penitentiary in august as we have our other paranormal episodes of places that we visited so this is just one we wanted to give you guys a history of the place and the hauntings there and we'll be bringing you another episode back depends um, on how sometime long august short yeah depending be. on how it goes we should be bringing you another episode either the end of <laughs> august or september about how our visit we walked went, in so. and we were like nope and nope then we walked out there's your episode thanks good night okay bye yeah exactly <laughs> um but yeah i'm so excited for next week so guys make sure that you tune into that uh of course you know our socials facebook instagram and twitter all that don't fuck with the original we are on instagram i just said that we're on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Please leave a review. Please follow. And you always know when we put out new episodes every week. And, of course, drop a hello. Or if you just want to send us a ghost story. Because, you know, we will be doing those again. Listener ghost stories um, on the email. DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. Did I remember everything? I think you got it. Did I get it this time? I think so. Look at me. If you didn't, you guys will figure it Look out. Look at me now, bitch. I'm getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Okay, guys, have a good week. Stay safe. Wear your masks. I don't, I don't know. That's it. That's all I got. Okay.